1: Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Tuesday, April 12th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Thank you, as always, for uh, tuning in to the program. Today, I thought we would uh, do a couple of things. We're going to review my six-round Giants mock draft from Sunday, and we'll also play an interview for you in a little while with New York Giants tight end Chris Myrick, who had uh, quite the interesting journey last year. Giants, Cincinnati Bengals, and now back to the Giants. We'll get a chance to talk with Chris here in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about my weekly mock draft. This one, the sixth mock draft that I have done in this cycle. I'm doing one every Sunday leading up to the draft. So a couple more coming up for you at BigBlueView.com. In this week's mock draft, if you haven't seen it already, Round one, pick number five with Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Aiden Hutchinson, and Icam Iquanu off the board. Pick number five for the Giants in round one using the Fan speak Mock Draft Simulator. Pick number five, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. I think this is a no-brainer pick for the Giants in this spot here I love Sauce Gardner the cornerback from uh, from Cincinnati but absolutely need to make certain with uh, with one of the two best offensive tackles on the board I need to make certain that I get one of those two guys think I've done that here with Evan Neal and for me Neal is uh, I might prefer Aquanu just I just love to watch Aquanu's film. I love to watch Aquanu drive guys into the ground. I love the physicality. I love the athleticism. I love the attitude and the demeanor. But there is nothing about Evan Neal's game not to like. This is a young man who can play right tackle, can play left tackle, can play both guard spots. This is a six foot seven, three hundred thirty seven pound man who carries that kind of size and that kind of weight incredibly well this is a plug and play choice for the Giants as an immediate starter at right tackle best right tackle that the Giants will have had in a very very long time if uh if the Giants are lucky enough to be able to draft Neil at number five as I've done here and the great thing about Neil is that should the Giants find themselves in a situation where they can add another right tackle somewhere down the line, or if Neal, for whatever reason, doesn't pan out as a right tackle, he is a player who can move inside and play guard. He's got the experience and the ability to do that, and also I think the attitude where he would be perfectly willing to do that as well. By the way, this is a draft where... I did not do any trades. I went into it deciding that I was simply going to make all nine picks for the Giants. So that's what I did. In round one, at number seven, I went with Cincinnati cornerback Sauce Gardner. I think this pick makes this a home run for the Giants absolutely in the first round to get a plug-and-play starting right tackle and then to get the... Best press man corner in this draft, a guy who, for me, fits perfectly into the scheme that, the, that Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale wants to run, a guy who, uh, when I spoke to him at the Combine, the uh, his attitude, his demeanor was tremendous, uh, talked about his work ethic and and the things that he does behind the scenes studying film, working out, getting ready to play. I think this is a young man who would be a tremendous addition to Martindale's defense and a tremendous addition to the locker room for GM Joe Shane and new head coach Brian Dable as they try to rebuild the Giants, build a new culture. And I think Gardner is an absolute home run pick here for the Giants at number seven if he's available. And I think the combination of, of Neil and Gardner is about as good as you could hope that the Giants would do here in the first round. The way that this draft worked out, two edge rushers, Trayvon Walker of Georgia and Jermaine Johnson of Florida State were available. And I can easily see Joe Shane going in that direction. But for me, if you listen to Wink Martindale if you look at the way he's run defense in the past, I think that Martin Dale's defense relies more heavily on absolute quality press coverage cornerbacks than it does on premier edge rushers. He's a guy who loves to scheme pressure, can scheme pressure uh, with you know creative blitz designs, creative four-man pressures but I think the one thing his defense has to have to succeed are cornerbacks who can succeed one-on-one without much safety help. And in this in this uh, particular instance, I was fortunate to land a the cornerback, the best one in the draft, in Sauce Gardner. So uh, I feel really, really good about the picks in the first round. At number 36, I took N'Kobe Dean, Georgia linebacker, The way the draft broke here, there were several cornerbacks available. Andrew Booth of Clemson, Kair Elam of Florida. uh, Safety Lewis Seen of Georgia was also available. Colorado State tight end Trey McBride was also available here. I obviously wasn't going to pick the cornerbacks. Felt like it was early for McBride. At 36, I simply felt like, although the Giants need a tight end, I thought he really wasn't value. At 36, I thought there were better players, more impact players. Nickoby Dean is a guy that I really like. I understand that he's just a shade under six feet. I understand that he's 229 pounds, that maybe you know some people will look at him and say there are better athletes that maybe there's better value if you wait later in the draft and get a Troy Anderson from Montana State or a Chad Muma from Wyoming or a Leo Chennault from Wisconsin. But I felt like Dean was a guy who could step right into the middle of the Giants' defense and make that unit better. I felt like he's a guy that can, that can play going forward, make tackles at the line of scrimmage, He's a guy can be used as a blitzer. He can cover. He's got the range to make tackles, you know, sideline to sideline. So I felt like this was a really good pick for the Giants. So for me, Nicobe Dean was the pick in round two at number 36. Going to round three at number 67 for the Giants, I took Iowa State running back Brees Hall. And, And some might wonder why running back here. But if you pay attention to the Giants' uh, top 30 visits that they're going through in the draft, quite a few of these guys have been running backs. Hall has been in. Uh, I think James Cook of Georgia has been in. Uh, Pierre Strong of South Dakota State has been in. A couple of other running backs. uh, I don't have the entire list in front of me right now. But a couple of other running backs have been in to visit the Giants as well. I think the Giants are telegraphing interest in a running back in this draft. Someone to back up Saquon Barkley and to perhaps become the featured three down back a year or two from now. If the Giants decide to move on from Saquon Barkley. For me, Brees Hall might be the most complete back in this draft. I know that some people consider Kenneth Walker of Michigan State to be the top running back in the draft. I have some concerns about Walker in the passing game. I think Brees Hall might be the most complete back in the draft. For me, he was the best value available here on the board. I mean, I would have loved, you know, to have to have maybe added an edge rusher to have maybe added another offensive lineman or a tight end. But for me, Brees Hall was the best value available on the board at number 67. So he's the pick here. Round three, number 81, Giants' second pick in the third round. I went with Washington tight end Cade Otten. And there were several uh, you know, several options here. Uh, Nick Benito, edge rusher for Oklahoma, was available Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert was available, Montana State linebacker Troy Anderson, who I mentioned earlier, was available. I wasn't going to go with Anderson because I had already taken Dean. uh, Considered Ruckert, to be honest with you, but I think that there's probably more upside with Kate Otten than there might be with Jeremy Ruckert. So for me, you know, I wanted to make sure I came out of this draft with a tight end. I think that's an obvious area where the Giants need to try to find a player if the value meets the need in the draft. And, and for me, Kate Otten was was the right pick here. He might not be a dynamic downfield threat, but I think he's a capable pass receiver guy who can uh, can develop into a uh, a good enough inline blocker guy who can he can play in a different in a bunch of different formations so I think he offers versatility and ability that the Giants will benefit from so Kate Otten is your pick in round three at pick 81 for the Giants in my most recent mock draft in round four pick 112 I selected Georgia wide receiver George Pickens now I know People are going to say, because they did say in the comments on my website, well, Pickens shouldn't be there at in the fourth round at 112. And I happen to agree he shouldn't be there. If George Pickens had not torn his ACL before the 2021 season at Georgia, he might be a guy that that would be in the conversation in the tail end of the first round. Pickens is a guy who who might still go at the tail end of the first round. He might still go in the second round. He could be value there. On the board that I was using, Pickens came up as one of the possibilities uh, as a guy who who was in range with this pick at number 112 in the fourth round. He happens to be one of my favorite players in this draft for a day two or early day three selection every time I watch him I think he has the skill set that the Giants were hoping that Kenny Galladay would bring to the Giants and are hoping are still hoping that Galladay will bring to the Giants as a downfield threat as a 50-50 ball guy you know who can make plays on uh, on those contested catches so I thought, you know, when I I saw Pickens come up uh, as a a possibility here in the fourth round, I, I couldn't let him go by. So George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia in the fourth round. In the fifth round, Giants first of two picks, number 147, I took Khalil Shakir, wide receiver from Baylor. And as I wrote at Big Blue View and mentioned in the comments, I had not intended to double up on wide receiver here. This is simply a value pick for me. I looked at the board, and I thought that Khalil Shakir was tremendous value. Among the players that I looked at on the board, I thought he perhaps had a chance to be the best playmaker and maybe have the the longest, most productive career. He's a guy that Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio who studies uh skilled position players. He's a guy that Waldman is very very high on. And when I spoke to Matt last week, you know, he thought that that Khalil Shakir would be a great mid-round pick. Maybe he's a slot guy, but you're looking at the Giants with uh, with Sterling Shepard probably in his last year with the Giants, so Shakir could be a guy who could slide into Shepard's role. Um, at some point this year if Shepard gets hurt or in the 2023 season I just thought Khalil Shakir was too good of a value to to let slide by at number 147 in round five at number 173 second pick in the fifth round I took Dylan Parham a center guard from Memphis another one of my favorite players in this draft class parham is an undersized guard who probably is ticketed for center duty in the nfl i think that uh, it would be a really good move for the giants who added john feliciano to play center on a one-year deal added max garcia a guy who has mostly played guard in his career also on a one-year deal garcia has some center flexibility as well but it would be a really good idea for the Giants to find a player in the middle portion or later portion of the 2022 NFL Draft, player who could be considered a developmental center. Parham's a guy whose athleticism I really, really like when you watch him on tape. I really, really liked his attitude when I had a chance to speak with him at the Combine. He's a guy who uh, a lot of people think can transition to center and have a long successful career at that spot so dylan parham at number 173 in round five for the giants in my latest mock draft final pick number 182 round six i actually went with matt areza punter from san diego state um one of uh, one of at least three punters to have draft-worthy grades, Areza is considered uh, the the best punter in this class. carries the nickname Punt God, and uh, you know I'm not going to make him into Ray Guy at you know Hall of Fame punter Ray Guy at this point, but. I think that we lived through the last couple of seasons with Riley Dixon, you know, and I think Giants fans will understand that that inconsistent punting is problematic. You have to be able to hit the ball where your coverage team expects it to be hit. You have to be able to occasionally hit the bomb of a punt that that gets your team out of trouble and changes field position. Um, I don't in any way, shape, or form think that that picking a punter at number 182 here in the sixth round is a wasted pick at all. You're looking for guys with specific skill sets at this point. You're looking for guys on day three and round six and round seven who can impact your special teams. And for me, you know, Areza is a guy who carries a round three draft grade in the the annual draft guide from Dane Brugler of The Athletic, one of the most respected draft analysts in the business. So for me, you know, what better way to, to impact your special teams than by going ahead and selecting the guy who most people think is the best punter in this draft class and clearly a draft-worthy player. So uh, those are my nine picks for the Giants in uh, my latest mock draft. Uh, there will be more mock drafts uh, on uh, the, the two Sundays leading up to the draft between now and and, and draft day. Also, we'll probably have mock drafts from Chris Flum and Nick Filato at BigBlueView.com as well. Uh, please check out all of our draft coverage on our Draft Hub page. All the, the scouting reports done by Chris, the videos done by Nick, all of the mock drafts, our mock draft tracker. We've been uh, we've been giving you Giants-related draft coverage for months now. Hope that you've been enjoying it. And and if you haven't, there's a lot of stuff there for you to catch up to. All right, Giants fans, let's take a quick break for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, I'll be talking to uh, Giants tight end, Chris Myrick.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: All right, Giants fans. I am joined now by Giants tight end Chris Myrick as we uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the beginning of the Giants off program and uh, Chris's rather interesting journey with the Giants over the last year or so. Chris, thank you very very much for a few minutes.
2: I appreciate you having me on. Glad to be here.
1: Hey, finally, I get to talk to somebody. Whose whose Zoom background looks almost like mine, which means there's basically nothing back there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yep, living in the uh, basically the team hotel right now. So There you go, there you
1: go. Well, I, I I keep meaning to to decorate this wall behind me, and it 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 somehow never seems to happen. So, <laughs> so anyway, Chris, uh, I really you know one of the things that I, I wanted to talk to you about was your sort of interesting journey the last few months you know with the giants and then the bengals and now back to uh back to the giants um when you when you just think about about that um little bit of a whirlwind kind of uh right. kind of an interesting experience for you sure
2: very unique very unique <laughs>
1: um i don't think i think was it was it the very last week of the season when the giants waived you, I think, and I i don't, I, I think they probably waived you with the intent of putting you back on the practice squad and probably activating you for that Sunday's game.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was that Tuesday coming up before the last game. Um, they were either going to, you know, sign me back to practice squad, like you had mentioned, or at the very least, they wanted to sign me back that following Monday after the game, you know, for the futures uh, reserve contract. So um, yeah, but I mean, I got a, got a phone call that, that, uh, Wednesday and figured I'd take the opportunity to go to the playoffs and pick up that experience, you know? And, and
1: what was that experience like for you? Obviously you didn't get to play. You were part of the practice squad, but you guys, uh, you know, Cincinnati went all the way to the Super Bowl. right? Um, just, you know, just what's, what was that experience like for you? I mean, it might, I, I'm guessing it was a little weird because, you didn't know a lot of those guys really well right, and right. and maybe you didn't feel like part of it but but just you know i i should stop talking and let you talk about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it, it was definitely a tough adjustment at first um, it was not the first time i had been to a new team just like i i came to new york from miami but it was different in the sense that you know it was week 19 of the season so i was like the new kid at school everyone that had been there most of the year um, i was one of the i think the only new guy that showed up that week so that was definitely a unique kind of tough to, you know, break the lock, break into the locker room like that, kind of get to know the guys as best as I could. Um, But yeah, it was definitely, definitely a new experience for me.
1: What was that like? I mean, sitting there, you know, as I said, you didn't get to play, but the Bengals went on a nice playoff run. What was that like to kind of sit back and watch and just, you know, practice with those
2: guys? Yeah, that that was a great experience for sure. I mean, it was like just an unbelievable wave that like a like a team high, I would call it. Um, that they were just, you know, everybody was clicking on all cylinders and the team was rolling. It was it was great to be a part of that and kind of see that in practice every day. You know, as much as as
1: much as you, you spent you know the entire year with the Giants and things didn't go well, did you ever just look at that during your time there and go, you know, man, this is crazy that I'm getting to experience this.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was like, you know, not it's not it's not even like they were that much more talented or anything like that. It's just, you know, just things. Sometimes things go your way. Sometimes they don't. Um, but you got to You know, you got to take advantage of every every chance you can get when they when that goes their way. So uh, it, w- it was definitely a change. You know, I thought my season was going to be over that Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going, you know, all the way to the Super Bowl. So it was it February 13th? So mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> it was a long, long year, but it was it was well worth it for sure. I'm I'm curious,
1: just you know, what that atmosphere was like, you know, being with a team on that run, and maybe what you learned from it that that you're bringing back to New York.
2: Right. I think the biggest thing I learned was it's really it's really about the guys in the locker room. You know, you can tell it's player driven. Um, And I think that's something that the new staff is really trying to implement here in New York. Um, And I think that's something we're on the right path to. And you see that a lot with most successful teams. It comes from inside the locker room. Obviously, the coaches do the best to put the players in the best position. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the players and what, what we do. So,
1: yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, you said that that. Had things worked out the way you thought they were going to work out, you would have either been back on the practice squad, probably would have had a a futures contract with the Giants. You look at it, you know, Dave Gettleman is gone. Joe Judge is gone. It's a different Giants regime that you return to. In a way, are you a little bit surprised to, to be back with New York already?
2: Um, Well, I had known there's some a little bit of carryover with the, you know, player personnel, staff and that and that that's such. But um, I mean, I was excited to get the chance to return. Um, I looked at it as kind of like a fresh start, you know, new Mm -hmm. staff, new new everything. So um, that's kind of why I wanted to come back and, you know, jump at that opportunity. And just talk about you mentioned
1: it a little bit, you know, new staff, new head coach, Brian Dable. I'm curious just uh, your initial thoughts on the new head coach. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so far so good. Uh, I, I really like his energy. Um, and like I said, he's really putting it on the players, you know, challenging the players to kind of step up and make this team their own. So it's, but so far it's been, been really good. Uh,
1: you, you know, you said it's, it's player driven in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but, um, you guys, especially in your uh, tight end room, it's it's a lot of new faces. Is, right. it, uh, is is it a little different for you? You know, not to see Evan Ingram, not to see Kyle Rudolph, not to see Caden Smith. You know, is it a little different? You know, not to have those guys around.
2: It's definitely a little different. Um, I mean, per, speaking from personal experience, uh, like like you said, I've kind of took a kind of unique journey so I'm used to new faces and new rooms um and especially new offenses (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so that that's not really too much of a change for me but Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm just looking forward to this opportunity for sure
1: talking about your journey you know you you came out of Temple undrafted landed in Miami and I was just looking at uh I, I was looking at the at the transactions underneath your name on Pro Football Reference, mm-hmm. and I think I lost count of how many times you got bounced up and down. Do you do you have any idea how many times you got bounced up and down and on and off the roster at Miami, or did you lose count?
2: Um, yeah, definitely <laughs> up and flexed up and down a good handful of times. I want to say two years ago. Um, but yeah, that was. I mean, that's another experience I'm grateful for, you know, kind of taught me how to approach the season um, kind of, you never know what's going to happen. You just got to prepare like uh, you're ready to play. So that was good. Definitely a good experience to get.
1: And what is, I'm not sure that fans understand what it is that a guy who spends so much time on a, on a practice squad and gets bounced up and down a little bit. I mean, what is, what is that like? And I mean, you know, how does, how do, how does a guy spend his, how do you spend your time every week preparing when you don't know if you're going to be on the roster? You don't know if you're going to play, you don't know if you're going to be on the practice squad. You know, you don't know if you're going to get waived. I mean, right. what, what is that? What is that like trying to build a career under those kind of circumstances?
2: Yeah. It's uh. well, really the most, all you can do is kind of prepare as if, you know, you're going to be on the active roster every week because that's, that's everyone's goal who's on the practice squad. Their goal is to be playing on that that game day. So that's really have to, how you have to re- prepare, um, you know, basically do the same thing as the active team does at, anyway during the week, except for the Sunday. So um, you kind of take that approach as if you're playing no matter what, you know, you're studying as if you're playing just because you, you never know. Somebody could get hurt in practice late in the week and you're called up and you got to know their their job. Um, so you kind of really got to be ready for it at all all positions or any role really in your within your position and just be ready to go
1: and for you you know like I said Evans Evans in Jacksonville you know Kyle and Caden are gone the Giants brought in Ricky Seals Jones but but when you when you look at it I know that you you know you you do what you can do you control what you can control but do you look at this as a uh, as, as a real solid opportunity for you, you know, when, when you look at the
2: room right now? I mean, it's it's going to be what I make of it. So, like I said before, it's I, I've more so viewed it as a fresh start, um, basically coming in with – I knew there was going to be – obviously there's a new staff, um, so really – and new playbook. So, with that, everyone's kind of starting from page one, um, and that's really, you know – what I I want to excel like conceptually with the playbook and just be reliable in that sense. Um, And then hopefully take advantage of the opportunities of the plays that I can make, you know, during camp and preseason and such. So.
1: And I'm, you know, I, I have to, I have to go back. I have to go back to the touchdown catch from last year. (laughs) Um, You know, you, you catch that touchdown pass giants win a game, you find yourself standing up in front of us talking to the media, which I'll bet you probably didn't expect uh, to, <laughs> to, uh, to have happen that day. But I, I have to ask, Daniel Jones throws you that ball, and you're in a crowd, and, and I actually rewatched it a couple days ago. You're in a crowd, and he throws you a ball that, that – that ball shouldn't get caught, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the way he throws that ball. But I, I'm watching that ball just sort of roll down your legs. What are you thinking as are, or are you thinking anything at all as that ball is basically just (laughs) rolling down your legs toward the ground? Because I still swear you didn't catch that ball. You just didn't drop it. You just never let it hit the ground.
2: (laughs) It's a good way to put it. I I mean, like you said, I did it. I saw it rolling down my legs almost in slow motion. And the only thing I could think of was don't let it hit the ground. Don't let it hit the ground. And I think you can tell on the the, the slow mo you see my my stick my hand under there and kind of cradle it. Um but, but yeah that was, that was a crazy <laughs> experience. Uh definitely one I won't forget for my first one. Yeah. Um but you know yeah. hopefully moving forward we'll just catch well, those clean and I was I was going to say
1: hopefully <laughs> hopefully there's some clean touchdown catches yeah, in your in, exactly. your
2: in your future.
1: Um you know you guys are going through uh going through your first phase of, of off season right now. And it's, it's just workouts and, and you know, people, some, some people think, Oh, they're practicing already. That's not what this is. You guys are, you guys are not on the field. You guys are in the weight room. You guys are working out. Just explain to people what this phase is you know what a day looks like you know maybe how long you know how many hours you guys put in in a day the uh, quote unquote voluntary day mm-hmm. but uh just explain to people what a day for you guys is like at this point in
2: the year sure yeah so this is like you said phase one it's really like a kind of like a, a ramp up period to get our bodies ready for for mini camp um and then you know a break before training camp and so on but right now you know we're focusing on Injured guys getting better, healthy guys learning the playbook and working on our conditioning and you know being in the weight room and such. Um, But a typical day is we're in meetings from about the offenses and meetings from eight to like ten, and then we're in the weight from ten to twelve. And then, like I said before, uh, as as players, we're kind of taking the approach to get together after the the, uh, the allotted time with the coaches is done and we're, you know, we're, we're running routes and we're going over the playbook and we're studying and we're focused on getting, getting healthy, you know, guys are doing yoga, we're getting massages. Um, So we're really just trying to take that approach and get better every day. Really.
1: Does it, I'm curious, does it, does it feel different in any way than it, than it did, uh, you know, under the previous regime, just in terms of, you know, taking responsibility or, you know, and, and I don't and I'm not asking you to to criticize the, the previous Correct. coaching staff. I'm just saying, does it does it feel different?
2: It's tough for me to say because I was not here at this point in time last year. You know, I didn't get here until right before week one, which is, um, you know, right after training camp. So that's tough for me to, to say. But um, I would imagine, you know, guys are excited to have a fresh start. Um and guys are looking to take advantage of that opportunity. So maybe uh, it's tough for me to say, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious, can I ask you, you
1: know, you, you haven't had a lot of time with, with, with some of the, the new guys that, that have come in, you know, some of the guys that, that Joe Shane brought in from, you know, for, from Buffalo and, and, and some other places, but can I throw a couple names at you and just ask you for, you know, quick first impressions of, of some mm-hmm. of your new teammates?
2: teammates okay you might be, yeah sure
1: not you know i'm, not, you I'm, not, I'm not i'm um, not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask you to uh, to, to assess the new gm
2: so gotcha. no
1: just uh you know ricky seals jones just first thoughts on on him i i was really interested i just before you answer i mean he in his introductory press conference with us, he talked a lot about New York City fashion and how cool mm-hmm. the subways were. And I just got the feeling that, that he's an interesting guy.
2: No, oh, he's definitely, he seems like an interesting guy. He's a really good dude. Um, we get along really well. Um, you know, we're pushing each other in the weight room. We're competing, you know, we're at the same rack when we're working out. So we're pushing each other. We're getting better. Um, seems like a really nice guy. Um, starting to learn a little bit more about him. I think he's a Texas guy, or at least he went to Texas a and um, But yeah, I mean, it seems like a really good dude. I just wanted a couple of the offensive linemen that
1: that Joe Shane brought in. Uh, Mark Lewinsky. Have you had a chance to to chat with him very much?
2: I think I've just we've just maybe had some introductions. Um, right now, you know, we're really more so the offensive skill positions. So tight ends, running backs, and receivers are more so broken up in our meetings. Um, and then you know we're getting into the playbook now, so we'll be more with the O line when we start putting in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we, we've met in the locker room. You know, seems so a good dude.
1: And the, uh, the only other one, and and that's a really interesting point for people to understand is you guys are you guys are so early in this that that you really don't even know all the guys in the room yet.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of other players in the league, you know, they're still home. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they don't report for another week or so. Right. Um, So it's good to, you know, get in here early, try to get familiar with our new teammates and the new playbook and such.
1: Right. We, we happened to see, I've got to ask just an offbeat question. We happened to see some photos from the locker room the other day posted on the team website and, I noticed that the ping pong tables are back in the room. And I mean, as the reporters, I mean, we saw ping pong tables the last time we saw them, you know, of course we haven't been in the locker room in ages, but was four or five years ago, since we've Hmm. seen ping pong tables in the room. I have to ask if you've, if you've been around guys enough yet to, to, to figure out if there's any, uh, any, any stud ping pong players in the group.
2: (laughs) Um, well, so the, they had the thing with this year is now there's two ping pong tables. Um, I know at the end of last year, there was one in there. Um, but there's, there's definitely some common guys that are always on the table. Um, Darius Slayton's one of the, one of the good ones. Uh, David Sills, I think is another good one. Uh, Alex Bachman's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've. I try my hand here and there. Um pong is more of a, a sport for me where, you know, I got to play a bunch to, you know, really get, to, get in the groove. Um, but, but no, it's good to, you know, see the guys playing and, you know, having fun together. So.
1: The only other thing that, that, that I had for you that I had wanted to ask about was, you know, we talked about the Bengals a bit earlier, was it kind of cool to watch Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase up close like that?
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It seemed like, you know, like he said in the one press conference, he's just like, Jamar's down there somewhere. he will throw it up and we'll go get it. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a blazer. Um, it's, it's, crazy to see that speed, you know, and just that type of chemistry they had obviously coming from LSU together.
1: Hey, Chris, thank you very, very much for, uh, for spending a few minutes. Appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, when, uh, when we get a chance to get around you guys, I'll, uh, I'll get a chance to say hello in person.
2: Sounds good. Appreciate
1: you, Edward. Hey, thank you much. All right. Thanks. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our thanks to Chris Myrick for spending some time with us, Giants fans. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check out my show. Check out the shows that that Nick Filato and Chris Flum do together. Also, you know, please check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Big Blue View. Join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done that already. Check us out on Facebook. Anywhere that uh, that you choose to consume information, you can find a Big Blue View platform to help you get uh, your fix on uh, Giants information. All right, Giants fans, please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do.